And welcome to a special Sunday morning edition. Uh, got the Jets-Falcons game on here. This has turned into a little bit better game than we thought. Now, thanks for tuning in. This is That Sports Show, Impact Media's weekly all-sport recap show, review show, talk about all kinds of things. Uh, lots we're going to talk about. We're uh, going to talk some Georgia State. We're going to talk some uh, Falcons, who are currently playing right now, as I said, over in London. Uh, go over to picks and all that. Just a lot to get to. We're going to try to get you in and out of here. Uh, sorry for the for the late show. It's it's been a week. We'll put it that way. It's it's been a week. I want to start with some of the NFL headlines and uh, how they're going to play out today. You know, there's there's good bit of stuff going on, but you know, there's some issues here and there. As always, of course, if you want to uh, find the show, we are on uh, Facebook at Impact Media. I think we got a couple of different sites. I got to figure out how to combine those. I don't know. Facebook created one for us. Where you have one. Won't mean, let me combine them yet. Uh, at Team Impact Media or at The Impact 99 on Twitter. The Impact 99 on any social media will get you to my page, which is where you can find all sports, all our sports-related media stuff as well. You can also find us anywhere you get a podcast if you want to go to said places. I believe we're on... Spotify, where the iTunes podcast store and everything like that. If you want to go to those places and leave us a, a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, we appreciate it because, hey, that helps us continue to do good things and continue to be on those platforms. So now let's get into some NFL news going on right now. Uh, we've kind of been watch on Garoppolo watch all week as his – strained, bruised right calf could potentially keep him out of today's contest. Well, the news come down just, I believe it was Friday. News come down Friday that Garoppolo is a no-go. That means we're going to see the NFL starting debut. He's already played half, uh, a half of a game so far. This is his first start and that's Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to start a game for the 49ers. And how's he going to do? Don't know. 
we've seen a little bit. I think there is there's there's a couple reasons why I think he hasn't started yet. For one, Garoppolo has been playing pretty good, and he wasn't injured yet. I think there is a little bit of loyalty from Kyle Shanahan to Garoppolo because he did hand pick him in the trade with New England back in the day. And uh, he has played pretty solid when healthy. The main knock on Garoppolo has been he's usually not healthy all the time. He's never played a full season that I can recall. And when he, no, he, actually, I think he did. And that's the year they went to the Super Bowl. He's a good, solid, he's probably middle of the pack quarterback, but he plays well enough to get you there. And he can make plays. I think that's partially the reason that they've stuck with him. I think the other was, I don't think that Trey Lance was, he may not have known the the playbook yet. He may have been having, uh, you know, trying to adjust. It is a different game. And like I said, I I just don't think he was ready. Well, now regardless of when he's ready or not, it looks like, Trey Lance, it's your it's it's a uh, it's your game right now. So we'll see what he does. Um, as far as his style, from what I gathered, because I I'll be honest, didn't watch a lot of his games in college. I just know a lot of what you guys know. But from what I have heard from a few people I know, is that he plays a very uh, balanced game. He has the ability to be mobile and 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 run. He's not going to just stand like a statue. He can hopefully evade pass rushers if they come at him. They got a pretty decent line over there. They'll be okay there. Um, it'll just be interesting because a lot of times in college, you go for your first or second read on a play. And in the NFL, sometimes you got to go three, four, five, even back to one or two. You got to go through your progressions and hopefully have the time to do so. So we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, good luck to him. It's in a rough division, and, and the 49ers definitely need they definitely need to uh, get some wins on the board because Arizona is pretty much running away right now from people. We know how solid the Rams are. Seattle, will, uh, we'll have to see. And I'll just transition into that. Seattle, even though they won the other night, on Thursday, it's going to be without Russell Wilson for four to eight weeks. His middle finger tendon had to have surgery on it after Thursday's game. Let's see, he's going to miss at least a month, maybe two. This is going to trigger a lot. Do you know Smith looked okay in backup? Uh, he led him to the victory. You know, he's he's going to be... It's going to be pretty much, yeah, I don't know who their backup, their their third string is. Uh, I knew who it was a couple years ago, but they've got, kind of changed around. But it's the Geno Smith show with that. And here's what this also brings up. If Geno starts to play pretty good, you know, not he's not Russell Wilson. We know that. If Russell Wilson is a, a 9 out of 10, Geno Smith's probably a 7, 7.5. You know, he's... It's not terrible, but, you know, not a game-breaker. Although we know, maybe in this system he is. But if Geno starts to play pretty good, obviously Russell is going to be the starter when he comes back. 
But as Russell hinted at potentially moving on in this past offseason, maybe Seattle can save a little bit of money. And if and it's kind of in a reboot rebuild anyway right now. They're kind of changing over some things. They still got a solid team. But with the rest of their division booming, maybe Seattle takes this as the opportunity to get something for Russell Wilson because they could potentially trade him and uh, kind of help everybody at once. Because I very much think Russell was going to be on the move this year or after this year. There's going to be a lot of vacancies. There's going to be a lot of places he can go. One in particular. Look out for, I'm going to say it now, just because I want to be one of the first to say it. I believe Russell Wilson will be a Pittsburgh Steeler next season. It makes sense. If Big Ben continues to falter, and Pittsburgh still seems like they, they have a chance this year, I could even see a potential trade. Big Ben will probably have to retire because that's the only way you, he'd be off the field. But if Big Ben was going to retire, I could see a, a, a late season trade for Russell Wilson. If not, in the offseason, I see that move happen. But either way, we'll see what Seattle's going to do. No, actually, they did not win that game. I forgot, I got that backwards. Seattle did not. But Geno still looked pretty good in doing so. And the 49ers get Arizona today, so good luck, Trey Lance. That whole division, as good as the NFC West started, they're still, they're still probably the best division, the most competitive division. But that's going to be interesting. Two quarterback changes moving forward, at least for the next week or so. Uh, last week, speaking of Big Ben, this is crazy transitions. Big Ben got his through his 400th touchdown. He passes uh, Dan Marino for sixth all-time in yards. So, and beyond that, we know Tom Brady is now the all-time pass yards leader as he passed Drew Brees. We know these guys are good. We know Brady's still going. We know Big Ben's doing some uh, fantastic Things, even though he's uh, kind of looks like he's falling apart, he he kind of reminds me of uh, maybe maybe the Tin Man before Dorothy got there with the oil can. But congratulations, Big Ben, on those milestones. Those are big milestones. You you could say, oh, it's a it's a past league, or oh, this or when he joined the Steelers, they had a top one of the top like three defenses, and they ran the ball. All the time. It was only a couple years into his career that they allowed him to start slinging the ball and they transitioned into a uh, high powered offense like that. So Big Ben will continue to get a couple milestones, but he just. That's the difference. Part of the difference. They're, now they're, they're built different as well, but part of the reason why Brady is still going is because he's taking care of his body his whole career. Big Ben, 
looks like his offseason is full of uh, cheeseburgers and onion rings. And while he, he is stout, he uh, he just doesn't take care of himself like, like uh, a lot of the other ones do. I want to look at something because I make an update my next stat uh, live because the game's going on. Uh, yep. Matt Ryan currently has 33 completions. What does that mean? Well, he only needed 25 for 5,000 total. And he is now the seventh quarterback to have 5,000 total completions in his career. In fact, he's only one of five who've done it for the same team. Those other four are Breeze, Brady, Favre, and Roethlisberger. But uh, congratulations, Matt Ryan. There's there's another big quarterback stat. 5,000 completions. That's insane. Because how many drop passes have been on the Falcons team in, in his tenure? A lot. How many... Uh, how many... Uh, He's a good passer. Let's be honest. Matt Ryan's a good passer. As we see Arthur Blank on the sideline, he's hoping for a victory here in London. Yeah, I don't want to leave anybody on the tarmac there. But Matt Ryan continues to be the reason why the Falcons are just plugging along. And I do think they could move on from him after this season. For one, it financially makes sense. And two, they're not in a spot to, to really compete right now anyway. Let's be honest, Falcons fans. I've talked to a handful of you this year. The Falcons' goal this year is to build this team the way Arthur Smith wants to build this team. A lot of the players you have are part of the old coaches' regime. The Dan Quinn style. Those are Completely different styles, even though Dan Quinn has now changed his own style and Dallas was doing well. Hey, Falcons fans, don't be mad. It's one of those, sometimes you're a better coordinator than head coach. That's what I think happened there. But this roster is going to turn over for Atlanta, you know, a half dozen times between now and next year, probably part of next year too. There are ways a good draft or some good signings can bolster it. There are ways. The problem is in recent years, now this is not under this regime, because I thought this regime did pretty good so far. And you're going to have a couple good years and bad years here and there, but we got to see their drafting and free agent strategy. And also, is Atlanta a destination for free agents? You would think it is because Atlanta is a up and, not an up and coming. It's an established uh, city with with nightlife. It's got um, you know great kids areas and developments, and um, it's if you're into the arts, there's all kinds of uh, TV shows, movies, um, artistic expressions all over the city. There's great food. It's a really good city, and I'm not saying that because it's just a handful of minutes from where we are. I'm saying that because 
you know, it's it's a good place. Even the suburbs, a good place to settle down. So I've always thought of it as a good destination, and yet we watch we watch all of our teams, including the Braves, sometimes have this issue. But the Hawks have trouble getting free agents to come here. Sometimes the Braves. The Falcons, the Thrashers when they were here. Um, the only people who really don't, the only team that really doesn't have any issue getting players to come here, well, two, no, three actually, is the Swarm, the lacrosse team, uh, Rugby ATL, the rugby team, and Atlanta United. And for a lot of people, they're going to say, well, people want to be with United because they win a lot and they're a really good team. Yeah, but to start with, to get the players that we did was amazing. We started off with an all-star team. And this is a brand-new team and a brand-new city who's not known for, for soccer or football, however you want to say it. And yet, we built that team. We They built that team just top to bottom, almost flawless. Had to work out a couple of kinks. Can't be exactly 100% perfect, but they were probably 85, 90% out of the gate. That's why they won so much. That's why they've set up such a winning culture. That's why even now, as you rotate and cycle through players, which is common in uh, world soccer, as you cycle through players even, you're still getting top caliber players. And the only thing that deterred some of them in the last few years were uh, – uh, Frank DeBoer and, and a couple of the, the, the coaches. But they're not here anymore. So something the Falcons have got to do is remind everybody how great the city of Atlanta is. Does it have its problems? Sure. But you can you can get past the, the issues of any city. We don't have a lot of the issues other cities do. So if you're a free agent out there and you want a great opportunity on a potentially great team, Come to Atlanta. Come to Atlanta. If, you, if you're a team fit, if you fit in the Arthur Smith style, Falcons fans would love to have you. Love to have you. But uh, once again, kudos Matt Ryan on uh, 5,000 completions. And then lastly, last thing I really wanted to talk about, just, uh, just uh, well, no, there's two things. Let's start with this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars have an urban problem. No, I'm not talking about the housing or development areas around the stadium. Not talking about the culture of fan base or anything. They have an incredible fan base. And in fact, I, I recommend that if, if you ever get the chance, go to a, go to a home game down in Jacksonville, go tailgate with, uh, with uh, good buddies of the show, the uh, Till Street Hooligans. Fantastic. Bold City Brigade, they do a good job, too. Right there at the corner of Duval and Bryan, I believe. It's right at the stadium. Fantastic time. Go down there and immerse yourself in that. That's fun. It's almost like a college atmosphere. It's fun. But Jacksonville has an Urban Meyer problem. Urban Meyer, we know, is a good college coach. We wanted to see if he could do it in the pros. So far, uh, jury's kind of out. He kind of does some good things, does some okay things. 
does some really bad things. But it's just off the field. It's the thing that you would think it was, it's the kind of behavior that his his college players were more known for doing. And the kind of things you would think he would be trying to enforce to his pro team, hey, don't do these things. And yet, here we sit and we're talking about the biggest discipline issue disciplinary issue in the NFL is a head coach who seems to be a little bit of, uh, he just, it's starting to make sense to me about how, when he was a college coach, a lot of a handful of his players, not, not a bunch of them. We'll say it probably one or 2% did some pretty dastardly things. And I'm not going to mention the most egregious, you know about it, and that's it sets a whole sad story into itself. But knowing all the scandals and even criminal activity at times that former Urban Meyer players got into, the fact that we, we see him making the wrong comments, uh, not traveling back with the team, I mean, that's fine as far as that, but then you get caught on camera. With uh, with some girl kind of snuggling up to you that didn't look like your wife, it, you got you got to be smarter than that, Urban. You know, everybody says the the USC job is available. Could he take that? Well, if I'm USC, I don't want him because if he's doing that on a pro level, what is he going to let his players do out in California? I. I at this point, they owe him so much money that I think Shad Khan is going to at least ride the season out. But if these kinds of things continue or things don't get better, I also see Shad Khan, who has the pockets for this, Shad Khan saying, you know what? I'm out. Or you're out. And them just him, him admitting that he made a mistake and moving on. Because... Right now, the the team and the locker room seems to be not really on the page with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's not on the same page as his coaching staff or anything else. It just, he is sticking out big time. And I'm not saying you need to get rid of him. I'm not saying you shouldn't get rid of him. I'm just saying, if you're Shad Khan, you need to turn this team around quickly before, before they suggest maybe you move. And that wouldn't be fair to that fan base. It's not fair to that team. It's not fair to your community. You've got to make the decision when the time comes. And I, I feel that Shad Khan can do that. Him and Tony do it a really good job with the team as far as the front office. But it's time for the Jaguars to, to, to move up. For now... They're, they're stuck in the bottom. This time it's the coach. Last thing I want to talk about, because this is kind of interesting too, speaking of teams moving, and this could be kind of related, because two of the cities that if somebody, if a team were wanting to move or thinking of moving, two of the cities that you could dangle as a way to maybe get a new stadium or even potentially move to are San Diego and St. Louis. Well, right now, the city of St. Louis is tied up in uh, a court case 
with the NFL about how the team moved to L.A. And it looks like the city of St. Louis has the NFL on the ropes. It looks most of most of the uh, momentum in this case is over on the side of the city as far as how Stan Kroenke and crew almost pulled a a uh, Baltimore Ravens. For people that don't know, Cleveland Browns were the Cleveland Browns forever. And then in like 1999 or so, 95, somewhere in there. I think it's 99 out of nowhere in the middle of the night, they pack everything in moving vans. They go to Baltimore. They relabel themselves to Ravens. And it took a handful of years before the city of Cleveland got a team back. That's almost to a point what happened here, except for it was more public. But what they're saying, what the city is mainly saying is that Stan Kroenke did it somewhat illegally. He, uh, not really illegally. He just maybe immorally. Either way, the city of St. Louis is more than likely going to win this case. I don't know if they get money for this or what's going to be the judgment. But what I could see in the in the judgment is them saying, "Now that you acknowledge our claims are valid, we would like a team. We would like the next expansion team, or the next team that wants to move can come to St. Louis." They already have the infrastructure. They've already got the fan base. They've already got a stadium. In fact, I don't think the stadium's in disrepair or anything. I think you could probably just update a couple things, and it's good to go. In fact, the city of St. Louis may let you build a stadium if you want to come there. So the NFL, (laughs) among their other problems, the NFL has got a St. Louis problem, and it looks like they're going to lose that one. Uh, looks like we'll talk about this more next week. It looks like, barring something crazy, with 17 seconds to go, the Jets just made it uh, 27-20. Atlanta's still up. Looks like Atlanta's going to get victory at number two on the season, and I'm going to narrowly miss my first pick. Whoops. That happens. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about my picks real quick. Uh, I announced them on Facebook. Uh, College-wise, I said take, or no, starting last week, I said take UGA over Arkansas. That was a win. I said take Wake Forest over Louisville. That was a win. Told you to take Cincinnati over Notre Dame. That was a win. Told you to take Kentucky over Florida. Whoops. Told you to take Arizona State over UCLA. Whoops. I went three and two. It happens. In the pro In the pro, I said take. There they are. There we go. Yeah, in the pro. Had to find it. There it was. I said take Cleveland over Minnesota. Good call there. I said to take Baltimore over Denver. Good call there. I said take Tampa Bay over New England. Good call there. I said take the Rams over Arizona. Dang it. 
I said, also said, There it is. I told you to take the Raiders over the Chargers. Missed that one too. Three and two in both. That's not bad. Not bad. My picks for this week. Told you to take Oklahoma over Texas. Told you to take Ole Miss over Arkansas. UGA over Auburn. Penn State over Iowa. And I told you to take USC over Utah. By now, you may have known how those work out, but I'll talk about the results of those next week. In the pros, I told you to take the Jets over the Falcons. Okay, spoiler alert, I missed that one. Barely, though, but I missed that one. At 1 p.m., coming up very, very shortly, take new uh, the New Orleans Saints over the Washington football team. New Orleans, I think is trending up. I think they have stuff more together. The Washington football team is having some issues. They faltered early. And it looks like without Fitzpatrick, they're they're uh, having trouble putting everything together. So take New Orleans in that one. Also at 1 o'clock, take the Cincinnati Bengals over the Green Bay Packers. I know I've been against Green Bay all year. It's nothing personal to them. I just think that they are... They are like an eggshell. Hard on the exterior. I think there are some issues internally. And once you get into the depth of that team, especially in the defensive back situation, I, I just I think you start to run into some problems. Take Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and a great defense. I think they, they have a good shot. Uh, 4-0-5 game. Take the L.A. Chargers. Versus the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland has got probably half the roster either out for this game or dinged up to where they're still going to play, but they're dinged up. There's a lot of injuries in Cleveland, and I think the Chargers are just uh, just really humming along just way too high right now that they're, they're going to beat Cleveland. It may be close because Baker's been doing a good job. It, they may be close, but... Cleveland's offense definitely needs Jarvis Landry back, and they need to find Odell Beckham Jr. a new home. Not because Odell's not good. He doesn't fit. And Jarvis Landry is is the heart of their offense. So uh, I think until a couple of those things happen, they get more people fully healthy, take the Chargers. And the last game in Sunday night football, this should be fun, take the Buffalo Bills over the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to spoil Josh Gordon's debut. That's fine. Kansas City is still really good. But Buffalo, you've got Josh Allen. You've got a great defense. They are just really, really motorboating people. So take them. So to review in college, take Oklahoma over Texas, Ole Miss over Arkansas, UGA over Auburn, Penn State over Iowa, USC over Utah. These are all on Facebook, by the way. Take. In the pros, take Cincinnati over Green Bay, Buffalo over Kansas City, the L.A. Chargers over 
Cleveland and uh, New Orleans over Washington. And even though I missed it, I said take the Jets over the Falcons. Speaking of the Falcons, they had the loss last week. This is a good rebound win today, I guess. The loss last week, 34-30 to to the Washington football team. Matt Ryan, 25-42. A lot of incompletions. 283 yards and four touchdowns. This was no interceptions. Cordarell Patterson continues to be the spark on this offense. Because today they were without Russell Gage and uh, Calvin Ridley. But uh, Patterson had six runs for 34 yards. He had five catches for 82 yards and three of the four touchdowns Matt Ryan threw. He's a big-time threat. So they come off the, the four-point loss to win by seven this week. Good for them. Good for the Falcons. They, they Like I said, they really are. I've kind of already went into them. They really are at that crossroads. And... They can continue up the path they're on. I think they're on a good path. They're building things. We're seeing the continuity. Once again, though, the main thing holding your offense together is Matt Ryan. So if you move on from him now, I think it's got to be the end of the season if you're going to do it. You move on from him now, you probably lose all momentum you have. So Falcons fans, just buckle up. This is uh, a rebuild in the making. Like I said, you're going to see a couple pieces moving around here or there. But for the most part, they've got the bones, they've got the structure, and they're trending up. Georgia State Panthers. They had the loss at Appalachian State last week, 45-16. to 16. It's just uh, they never got out of the blocks. They Every time they would try something, Appalachian State, who was a really good team, potential top 25 team at all times. They just could never get anything established. And when they did, it didn't work. Just couldn't execute, couldn't do the things they wanted to do. So you know, it is what it is. You you dust that one off, you pick yourself up. And they played a game last night that had a much better result that we will talk about next week. It's the only problem with doing late shows is sometimes things have already happened, but we'll talk about them next week because uh, they have a bye week coming up. So it's going to be a lot to uh, dig into, but uh, we'll just say congratulations to them on a great performance. Lastly, let's talk Atlanta United. Atlanta United, they're on the international break right now. Their next game is not till the 16th, which is next Saturday, where they will play in Toronto at 7.30. Uh, Their last loss was to Montreal. 2-1. Jake Mulraney in the 48th minute had the lone goal. That moved them down to 8 with 39 points and just out of the playoffs. I think the top seven make it. Here's the crazy thing. They have 39 points. A handful of people have 40. A handful of people have 41. And like two teams have 42. And that's the third place team. So the difference between third place and eighth place is three points. Every game's going to matter when you're when you're jumbled together like that. Every game matters. I feel really good about their chances, even though Toronto's really good. Toronto FC is, is always going to bring it. They always do really good things. And are always a thorn in Atlanta side, but I feel really good about this team. 
Got the new coach who's doing some good stuff. The team seems to respond to it. Suddenly, Ezekiel Barco is back to being uh, a superstar. For the longest time, we haven't known where he fits. I, I still think he's going to get sold or traded to another team. You know, sold is what you do there. I think he's going to get sold after the season, but we're keeping him for this one because he's kind of stepped in to be that, that you know, 1B. We know Joseph Martinez is the big, the big scorer. Barco has kind of moved in to really have the offense moving. And then when you put together all the other role players, this team is fantastic in top to bottom. Unbelievable. Guzan continues to be one of the best goalies in the league. And the best part is we got two or three behind him that, that can do really well too. So I like where Atlanta United is going here. It's not just because they're winning. And the fact that they had such a down start, the fact that they're right on the edge of the playoffs is fantastic. I think a couple more wins should get the job done. That's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another great edition of That Sports Show. You guys know about some of the stuff we're going to get into next week. We're going to talk about Georgia State's game last night. We're going to preview Atlanta United's big game against Toronto that I just told you about. We'll uh, go over my picks and see how uh, how good or bad I did with those. Hopefully, these these picks are helping you out. Maybe with your discussions, maybe, uh, maybe your gentleman's agreements, whatever it is. But until then, I am Jeremy, the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.